Hello and welcome to the Jim Burns and Dave podcast. Hello. Yeah. Oh, that was a big game show, that wasn't it? A little bit. Yeah. Little bit. No, we'll keep it. We'll keep it. Yeah, I'm your host, Stephen W. Burns, and I'm joined, as you probably, you know, thought, by Dave yeah. and Jim. Yeah. Change the order. Change it up. You know, yeah, yeah. spice of life. Well, that's it? good. It's good. No, I, I don't mind that. Mate, you're going to be in brackets in the week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're going to be out. I'm not going in parentheses, mate. Nah, mate. I wouldn't have thought so. As soon as that happens, I'm off. That's it. I'm done. So listen, uh, what have you boys been up to? I've been playing Mario Kart. Oh, for goodness listen, sake. Listen, right? Uh, I've been playing lots of Mario Kart. Yeah. Really bad at it. Yeah. And I live with someone who's really good at it, so uh, it's particularly annoying. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's great, Mario Kart and the old Switch. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, it's fucking Mario Kart. And it's literally the same Mario Kart they released fucking decades ago for the Wii U. So. <laughs> decades ago. <laughs> yeah, decades ago. Decades in video game terms, right? Video game video game time runs at like every six months is about forty years. So. Wow, true. So just um, ask more. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, it's good. It's got all the DLC that they had in the original. They re they revamped the kind of the battle mode, so it's not shit anymore. Mm. Um, it runs nicer, looks better, is better. Is the definitive version of Mario Kart Eight. So there when you people go. say. Why have they released Mario Kart 8 again? It's because, well, nobody owned the fucking system the original was on. And uh, and this one's better. You're so. not a fan of Mario Kart, though, are you? Bert? No, I've, I've never really been a fan of it. Um, mainly because I thought it was shite. But then <laughs> when we... I remember when we were at uh, Video Gamer Gym, we had a Mario Kart uh, tournament. Mm-hmm. And uh, I won it. Much the consternation of people who play the game a lot. Yeah, you won it. And you hate it, and yeah. you never play it. That's so and that's the best it's, way it's to do it. It's the best victory. That's the best, best way victory. to do it. He must have been fucking insufferable oh, that day. I, want well, I mean, always, as opposed to what? He's yeah. always fucking insufferable. What are you things. talking about? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Was that, was that the same one where you were sitting? You were sitting on the couch with your fucking collar up, and eventually you went, "I'm sulking." Uh, I mean, there were a few of those. <laughs> you were, you were still, <laughs> which you were, just, you were just having a strop through the whole thing, like I'm sulking. Yeah, I, I don't know what I was annoyed about. Burns is annoyed now. It could have been. It could have been almost anything. Which you know, we'll come back to uh, one of the questions relating to that later on. But people laughed. They scoffed mm-hmm. when Nintendo announced that Mario Kart was coming to Mario Kart Eight was mm-hmm. coming to mm-hmm. Switch. Oh, it's got no games. It's like the fucking Wilston Raider. But uh, but it's done gangbusters. And I think it's one of those titles that... when Remember when the Switch advertising came out and it was like people sitting around in airports and at you know, mm. bars or whatever yeah. playing it and everyone went <laughs> right on in yeah it's classic and they're like shit it's actually happening they've done I mean, it the Mario Kart's a perfect game for yeah, that though, and that's it? exactly yeah. it they've, uh, they've they've really nailed that so listen there are two there are two entities you do not ever bet against one is Nintendo B Hulk Hogan okay <laughs> Hulk Hogan will always win Hulk Hogan's not a great dude. That's I not was going to say, let, let's just be clear <laughs> yeah. here. Hulk Hogan's not. We're, a gr- we're not advocates. We're not advocating Hulk Hogan. Yeah. But known just, bad man Hulk yeah. Hogan. Known fuck yeah. But, um, but, but yeah. you know you can't you can't bet against him. Exactly, because somehow like Peter Thiel will run in and just like back him or something like that. I would swap. I mean, for for perhaps a more palatable version of that, I would swap Hogan out for Schwarzenegger because you can't bet. Never bet against Arnie. Yeah, ever. He's just he's just too. He did that cheeky little photo bomb this week. No. With a load of uh, uh, Thai people, I think, just in front of uh, the Eiffel Tower. He just scoots past on a bike. He's like, yo! Awesome. Awesome. (laughs) It's just the greatest. I love Arnie. Recently, he went to uh, Edinburgh and uh, there was a new... Did he buy it? And he's got this thing where he cycles a lot 
and he's always like, listen, there's no excuse for not exercising. I cycle for three hours a day. And it's like, Arnie, most people don't have time to do that. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> most people have got, like, got jobs in that. Yeah. Like, I know you've got a job. Yeah. But, like, I know this is your job, yeah, just this... sort of looking great, but still. <laughs> um, but he, uh, so he you know, takes his bike places. He does a lot of tours around the world and whatever. So he was in Edinburgh for whatever fucking reason. I don't know. I was probably, probably trying the fucking tea or whatever. <laughs> but whatever the fuck it is they do in Edinburgh. But um, he, he, he's talking to some tourists on his bike and then he cycled away. Bye-bye. He's going down the wrong side of the road on Princess Street. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, he can go down whatever oh, side of the road he wants. And everyone, yeah. Well, people were like, people were just sort of shouting after him, you know, Arnold! <laughs> well, again, whatever they do in Edinburgh. <laughs> Imagine that That's of... the wrong side of the road. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, so the cops pull up and they're yeah. like, who's this guy? And yeah, he turns yeah. around like, Shit, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, what are yeah. you going to do? Please, please continue, sir. Exactly. <laughs> do you mind if we just get a photo I mean, of you, you breaking you the law? You know if a tram hit Arnie, it's not, I mean, it's just the tram that's <laughs> fucked, right? So, uh, so um, yeah, Nintendo Nintendo have done a, a great job. But I'm, you know, I, I don't own a Switch, but you own one, Jim. And yeah. had a little uh, little go in it, a little shot on it. It's well good, isn't it? And, yeah, I'm impressed by the, the hardware. And it's actually started to change uh, a little bit in my thinking about oh, uh, hang on this is this is new for you carry on i know i know uh just about <laughs> what i really want from home consoles and everything like that so the other day i'm in the games room mm-hmm. i'm watching the television right uh i'm watching some champions league football yeah and it's hitting a little bit of a lull yeah i'm like you know what if i if there was pez on switch yeah mm-hmm. i could just I, it could be here and then that the real football brilliant. could be there and yeah and this is the height of laziness I wouldn't have to change the channel. I wouldn't have to press the source button. Mm-hmm. And then I wouldn't miss something if I just if my game on pairs just overshot a little bit. And then, you know, you could keep an eye on it, basically. It's like a baby monitor for, like, football games. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, had, like, it's had that sort of effect on me as well. Because the... Um... The great thing about it is because it, because it's 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 a tablet essentially, it works like a tablet, right? It's always on. It's uh, you know it doesn't um, it doesn't have this long shutdown phase and a long boot up phase, right? Which makes it makes a lot oh, such a difference. Um, so you know you, you play, now when I play a game on the PS4, like I've been playing a lot of Mass Effect um, uh, Andromeda mainly mainly for work stuff and. Uh, and it sounds so fucking it's it sounds like such a it's like you know when you move to london and like six months in all of a sudden waiting three minutes for a train is a massive bollock you know <laughs> no i the yeah. other day i went on to the underground and said three minutes and i literally nearly had a tantrum <laughs> like proper like feet stamping like yeah. watch pointing like i'm managing man united like totally. arms flailing everyone else doing the same Man, thing. i went up to i went up to scotland uh, a couple couple of months back and uh, when i got off the train um uh, i got off the plane at aberdeen i had to get a train uh, down to montrose and i had to wait 20 minutes for a train unbelievable and i was just no. like how do how, how do people live like this? I was like, so what, I was totally like wandering around the train station, just like so. What do I do? I just, just plan, don't I, they? When I, they I just the hang, station. I just hang around until the train arrives. Like this is this is there's the like you know it's like have you got arcanoid or something? Well, I wait. No, nothing. Like train stations need to license that from Namco. You know, just yeah. like just get get, get arcanoid. Anyway, so like um, uh, but yeah, just. Uh, 
playing Mass Effect, playing anything on the PS4 and just the knowledge that I can't. And there's a reflex now to sort of be like, all right, I'll turn this off and go to bed. And, you know, when, when you're playing Zelda on the Switch, I mean, that process takes a nanosecond and you just go to fucking bed on the PS4. Yeah. It's like, shut it yeah. down, make sure I save. This is mega that. first world problems. Uh, it's, fucking, it's, not, it's not problems. It's more just like this machine is way more convenient and and, yeah. and suitable for my lifestyle than this machine now. If they get, if they get pairs on Switch, that's yeah. it, bar. That's it. That'd be it for me. That's it. I never. I don't play. Surely someone's making a football game. You for will it. have to do what I did and spend four hundred quid to play one game. And that'll be that'll be me. <laughs> that's, honestly, mate. That's but fine. also the portability factor. Just the fact that like get on a plane. Yeah. I'm. I'm still playing Pez. Yeah. Like <sighs> for the last Dreamland, two Christmases. Dreamland. I've, last well, last two trips um, up north, I've taken. If I'm going for more than a week, I take the PlayStation because like in the wee hours, there's fuck all to do. I don't need to do that. Go for a walk, Jim. Don't need to do that. Just take, just mate, take fucking switch. Come on, there's nothing it. up there, is there? There's it's nothing. Like, oh, walking around Hartlepool, mate. Yeah, mate. It's, first, it's dangerous. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. As, soon as, as soon as they hear that I'm not like from that postcode, exactly. you get stabbed. Exactly. Now, like, go back to your own postcode. Hang on. Well, listen, Dave, um, what have you been up to? What have I been up to? I am hungover because I went and watched the football having given blood and drank a lot of beers, which apparently is not the best thing to do. It's, uh, it's frowned upon. It's frowned upon. It's in the, it's in the rules. Um, it's literally in the book they give you, but... Uh, oh, really? Yeah. It's quite literally in the instruction manual. RTFM, actual baby. Actual black and white. But, uh, yeah, that was the Champions League semi-final, which is boss. Yeah. What else have I been doing? Don't really know. Not much else, really. Oh, good, Watching Dave. Watching football. What a, what a very entertaining podcast it's turned out to be. Yeah. Where Dave fucking one foot in the grave, sitting around like, Ugh. Come on, you must have done something. We're talking about fucking rugby last week. Oh, my God. Goodness, like, no, we're not doing any rugby chat because rugby's pain. So I'll tell you what, I started watching a new TV show. Yeah. It's called Yes Minister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's obviously fucking brilliant. And uh, it's funny in a way that, like, literally it could only have been made in that time by those people mm. starring those people essentially and you were just before we started recording you were going on about how it's the greatest TV show ever made because everyone in it is in a three piece suit unbelievable <laughs> uh, so Humphrey played by Nigel by Sir Nigel Hawthorne was saying before that essentially his character was now so inextricable from the man himself that they had to give him a knighthood yeah. Which I mean, it's probably not the just, real just, reason. Just to keep reality exactly. in sync with itself. Like, sorry, know. Mr. Hawthorne. I wouldn't have thought so. <laughs> Sir Nige. Uh, but yeah, he's got some incredible uh, pyjama, like silk mm -hmm. uh, bedwear, shall mm -hmm. we say, in one of the episodes where he's been disturbed. Wonderful, great, and really funny. Mm -hmm. There are some jokes in there which definitely wouldn't fly these days. And you're mm -hmm. like, but then I suppose that's like watching anything from the 70s and 80s. But mm -hmm. yeah, it's pretty good. It's all on Netflix. So go and so one gets it. the impression that you watch telly as, 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 in, in the same way that you would thumb through a catalogue. So I like, wouldn't mind uh, those pyjamas. I'll take an order. Uh, they are, honestly, <laughs> I nearly screenshot it. But I didn't because I thought, you know, it's late. And Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I'm... There's been one thing I do want to talk about that's not... Um, yes, Minister. Is... Uh, or how Nintendo proving, proving me wrong. Bastards. Is... Uh, so apparently Neil Blomkamp's Alien 5, Aliens 5, whatever, mm -hmm. is not going to happen, according to Sir Ridley Scott, the boy. He said it wasn't that far along, didn't he? Yeah, he said it was just, Blomkamp said it was a few sketches, and then people got excited, and Fox went, oh, okay, that's good. Uh, the reason I'm happy that that's not going to happen is because I'm fairly sure that it, there was some chat about it just like ignoring Alien 3. 
And you know I can't go for that. One of the best things that ever happened to cinema was James Cameron made this story about this kind of family thrown together in Aliens. And then most of that family was fucking killed spectacularly and terribly off screen at the start of the next one. Now, I'm not sure if you know about people dying, but in reality, people don't just, you know, they don't get a long death scene usually. You just get a phone call and it's like, they're dead. You're like, oh. You don't then go, well, this is... Actually, you do say there's bollocks. No, shit, <laughs> the people love Aliens Row. But what I love about it is Alien 3 represents hell. Like, come on. Like, every she's fucked. She wants to die, basically. And then she sacrifices herself to get herself out, blah, 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 blah. Absolution, redemption, whatever. And although the movie's a load of old piss in a lot of places for various reasons, that's what I love about it, is that there is no hope anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, her child drowns in its fucking cryotube. And her lover, partner, husband, whatever, gets impaled by the safety support above him. I mean, there's nowhere to go from Spoilers. there. The, like, <laughs> that's what the movie starts with. Yeah. <laughs> no wonder it didn't go down very well with some of the audience. Yeah, like, and then you have to spend the rest of your fucking day with Paul McGann. <laughs> I'm watching CGI <laughs> Mad Dogs. <laughs> Charles Dance. And then, and then you meet Charles Dance. You're like, look, things are looking up. And then he gets sized because of you. It's not great, is it? It's, it's not been. It's been a hard paper round, as they would say. Um, but yeah, the Blomkamp thing. Now I'm not. I don't hate you Neil know, Blomkamp's work. I know that he he kind of had a like a, an amazing debut. Or yeah, District Nine's brilliant. And then the other movies weren't weren't quite as good. You know, it's, it's similar trajectory, but less pronounced than uh, what's his name, Richard Thingy, who directed Donnie Darko, then did South oh, and yeah, Tales yeah. and all that. And now everyone just hates him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I just think that even though Alien Three is really, really, really flawed, atmosphere like in terms of its atmosphere and what it represents in a trilogy, it's perfect. It's perfect because see, like the whole thing is it's a cycle. She's never going to get away from that thing. Once you're exposed to it, you can't get away from it. Either it's in you or it kills you, or you kill yourself killing it. So there you go. That's that's my thoughts on the matter. So she never should have got on that fucking transport. She uh, should have just stayed in a wee apartment with her cat, well, and, and it would have been fine. Well, yeah, apart from the PTSD, which probably, would have, you, <laughs> yeah. know, you know, yeah. but uh, yeah, but I can understand why people. Yeah, but you know, she was a young woman. She could have fucking, you know, she could, she could well, have started again. She was like eighty, wasn't she? Yeah, but she wasn't. Yeah, but you know, like you know, in 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 sort of chronologically, she was eighty. But you know, yeah. She wasn't that old physically. She no. could have started again. She had a cat. Well, but she couldn't. That's that's one of the main plot points is that she loses her license. And so essentially they blackmail her into doing it. Oh, speaking of starting again, I just started playing Alien Isolation again. Oh my goodness. Boss. Listen, listen. I love Alien Isolation, right? Anyone's got a problem with that game, you can get fucking dead. Simple, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Including all the American games press. Fucking Woodward and Bernstein's over there. Fuck them all. Why, what were they moaning about? Oh, it's got no guns in it. It's got it's, fucking uh, suspension knobheads. There's loads of gays with guns in it. No, I mean, look, it yeah, does have there, guns there was, in it. There was a big thing at a time where, like, um, there was a real divide where, the, like, the, the European press was like, this is fucking brilliant, and the American press was, this is boring. And it was just like, why... You know, you spend a lot of time, a lot of time 
being uh, dismayed when people decide to profile each other based on which fucking continent they were born on, right? Mm -hmm. So it's really, really disappointing to see when Americans or British people or anyone else falls in line with the stereotype. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and the British have been falling in line a lot recently, I mean, the, I mean, shall we I, say. I mean, we, I mean we're, we're, we're the, the biggest cunts on earth right now, but... <laughs> I don't know. House Republicans may have a slight edge, yeah, but we're getting there. Really I mean, we're getting we're, there. We're, we're, if, if we're not first, we're a close second, <laughs> tied first. Um, but like, uh, yeah, that was that was disappointing. That was really disappointing because it's like, oh, just, oh, just don't. I, I don't, got some of the criticisms. Like, I I did think it was a, a bit too long. Uh, now, all games are too long, though, aren't they? I'm not sure. Like, someone said to me, well, they were playing it in in chunks essentially, and. Playing it in trunks. Well, and that. And that that fundamentally altered their thinking of it because they would just go home after work or whatever and you know play a couple of hours and it was great. Whereas if you're playing it for review, that does kind of mm -hmm. change things, especially if there's a deadline and it's a long game. You start to think to yourself, not that I want it to be over, but if it starts repeating the same things and you're playing that game in a short space of time, then you will start to tire of it, obviously. So, but... I really love that game. I remember seeing it at its uh, reveal uh, over at CA and just being, fucking yes, this is the alien game everyone wanted. I'm quite enjoying it not being open world, having played a lot of open world games recently where it's like, ah, I can only go in this direction. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. And it, you know what? I think it's a really intelligent game. The, the stuff that, just things that generally you wouldn't consider if they weren't there. So the saving, like you're still vulnerable when you're saving the game. That's one of the best things about that it. That is great, yeah. Because it forces you to think about not just getting to the point and pressing a button and then you're set. Now, I'm sure that actually, in part, that that is probably down to maybe they don't want you to get caught in a loop where you can be, the alien could be behind you. So when you respawn or you load your save, it's there and you just die and you can't yeah. get out of it. So there's probably a technical reason for it. But at the same time, I love it. I think it's brilliant. And, it, you know, when they remove the alien... You, you played it through before, though, right? Yeah. You know, the alien kind of just goes for a little while. Mm -hmm. And stuff like you can run... At the, at the start, the alien has a very definitive entrance when it comes down, when you go... Oh, into it's one room. of the best reveals coming down from the ceiling. Uncurls. But apparently, if you are on, like, hard and are running around, it will appear before that because you're making oh, really? too much noise. So, yeah, it's just a very smart game made by very smart people. I think they're all great. Give me Alien Isolation 2. Set in uh, the time, the bit after Hadley's Hope goes to hell as Newt. So after all the colonists get fucked, but before the Marines arrive, how, how long did uh, does do they say? She's like, Is it two weeks or She spent two weeks mm. with no... Well, why don't you just put her in charge? Well, yeah, that's all I want. And then right at the very end, this is how the game should end. Good. Right at the very fucking end, yeah. The Marines kill their first fucking alien. Or you do it. The player just picks up a gun and just blow. <sighs> Glorious. Glorious. And then, you know, the Marines arrive. So now you just flash forward to the death scene right before Alien 3. Oh my goodness. Oh, you know what? Alien 3. And Steve Burns presents. It's a so, crowdfund this. You know what? It's such a nasty fucking uh, film. I mean, I, in the making it's of. It's a load of shit, man. I don't know why you like it. It's got a great atmosphere to it. <laughs> It's good. And also, as they were saying in the making of, how the fuck did Hollywood make that movie? So she crash lands. Everything looks like Bosch. She crash lands into a fucking prison planet filled with rapists. You're like, it's pretty bold. You're like, that's, a, that's quite. That's a big, 
but bold choice there for the uh, for I think. But yeah, Alien Three, fantastic. Don't fuck around. Now, also, mm-hmm. Jim, mm-hmm. we need to talk about the Clash, mate. Mm-hmm. You you tweeted the other day. You're wearing a Clash T-shirt. Mm-hmm. You've reminded me. Mm-hmm. Saying the Clash, right? Mm-hmm. Fucking bag of shit. But somehow they're one of the best bands. How? Explain yourself. Explain it. Yeah. Right. Okay. Because you know they, I think they are a bag of shit, but then they've got loads well, of tunes. Both so how, how does that work? Well, they're 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 one of my favorite bands, and one of the greatest bands, the greatest British bands that ever uh, ever existed. Um, and they were, uh, they were, obviously they came in with the punk movement. Um, but they they seem like up, yeah. they seem like one of the few mainstream punk bands that that were actually um, that actually lived those ideals. And because uh, you know, you're fucking, this is what this is what it, it disdains me that Johnny Rotten is still walks the earth talking a lot of Selling shit. Selling butter, about, mate. What are you about? He's <laughs> got bills to pay. Talks a lot of shit about Donald Trump and that. And I just saying, fucking hell! If Strummer was around, there would be there would be some kind of clapback to this. Like you know, he was always the better man. But no, I think they were they were a very important band. Um, but a lot of it quietly, like they influ- they influenced a lot of fucking acts that came after them. Um, but they're not really known. It's not like fucking like everyone everyone knows that with Oasis it is fucking like it's the Beatles and the Stone Roses isn't it like every everyone you can you can trace like a direct mm-hmm. path from some bands to the next ones um and you can you can go from like the mod movement to the jam and whatever but like uh, the the clash just sort of seeded a lot of stuff you know mm. um i mean the most this is quite an indictment on their legacy actually but i mean the most obvious clash influence influence band is probably green day but but that whole kind of Californian sound was very, uh, you know, they they took a lot from the Clash as well. So like, you know, they're talking they're, about Dead Kennedys. But listen, I think they had a very great career. Bit Trump, that very great, very great, very great, bigly very great career. Most best. they did a lot. Of, they did a lot of incredible <laughs> stuff, but a lot of their stuff, a lot of their actual tunes are fucking dreadful. <laughs> Yeah, but you can apply that to any band. No, 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 no. Listen, <laughs> is it like so? Listen, so we even got some absolute these cunts, dross. These yeah. cunts, right? So, so they do, um, so they do the Clash, and then they do give them enough rope, right? Mm-hmm. And then they do a double album, London Calling, right? Yeah. When they start doing fucking double albums, you know the band's just just talking a lot of shit, yeah, now, right? So then, um, emboldened by the success of London Calling critical and commercial success of London Calling and let's, and let's be honest I love London Calling but there's a lot of shit on that album as well because it's too fucking long mm-hmm. then they do an album called Sandinista which is a triple album or a quadruple album it's a four sided uh, it's a lot of effort isn't it I think it's six sides maybe six sides it's like there's a lot of shit on Sandinista lots of stuff doesn't work as an album loads of different fucking nonsenses and there's like three good tunes on it out of something like fucking 60 <laughs> whatever fuck me that's a lot it of work is, it is like it is so when, when you look at the maths when you look at the maths the vast majority of stuff the Clash did is fucking bollocks and it's not about that though is it it's about the uh, the songs that endure that's the ones that you get remembered shut for. the fuck up mate yeah, so, right, but... so I'm in a company where one of you don't like the Clash and one of you don't like Metallica I need to get the fuck out of this room I fucking love Metallica <laughs> yeah you do Jim doesn't 
I've got nothing against Metallica. Personally. <laughs> All right, well, Actually, listen. personally, I've got a lot against them. But, I mean, as a band, I don't... You, know, <laughs> you can take or leave them. Did you found Napster? All right, listen, shut up. So yeah. now we're going we're gonna to do some questions, actually, because uh, it's uh, in no way appropriate lead-in. So, uh, Thomas Eif, if I got that wrong, just, you know, I don't know, I'll let, I won't issue a correction or apology, ask, what's, what's your favourite Western... And what do you think uh, is the best Western? Well, best Western is obviously a hotel. <laughs> oh, 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 you've been oh, thinking about that, haven't you, for Dave, hours. Oh, that is why you, that's why you picked that question, isn't <laughs> Dave, it? Dave, do the whistle. So Dave so Dave can whistle like a, like a referee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm available for corporate events or birthdays, bar mitzvahs. So we're going to... So any time now that anyone says anything stupid, Dave's going to Dave's gonna blow up for it. So, uh, yeah, best. So, what's your favourite Western then? Because there was, remember in the kind of mid 2000s, there was a bit of a renaissance on the old Western. So, you'd have the kind of post Western in the 90s, well, which was unforgiven. Then there was Wyatt Up and Tombstone. But then in the 2000s, you Dance had like Open Range. Fascination uh, of the Coward Jesse James. Oh, no, Fascination of Ford by the Coward Jesse Exactly. <coughs> I mean, you're still kind of right. Bad things do happen, but yeah. so is that is that your pick? Uh, what for my favourite western? Yeah. No, you're uh, gonna say Shane or the Searchers or some fucking. Shane's shit. good. Uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid would be my mm, choice. Yeah, yeah, I suppose um, so. yeah. Shane's really good. Yeah. I, I, I need to watch the Searchers again. I never really got on board yeah. with it. I know it's an important film, but good ending that. Yeah, good ending. So yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's hard my, to think past. My favourite Western is Gunmen of the Apocalypse, the Red Dwarf episode. Oh, See, this is the problem. This, you know, this is the problem. <laughs> I'm starting to hate you. My other favourite Western is Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> Fair play. Fuck Westerns, mate. Have you seen Westworld? Such a load of shit. I've not seen it, but... Everyone's uh... giving it fucking wags. No, it's not shit. It's, it's really great, good. It's the greatest TV show of all... Fuck It's off. definitely not the greatest TV it show of all time, but it's fucking... It's, it's, it's very boring, good. it's, it's dreadful. Wrong. And it's, no, you're wrong, right? It's good. It's, based, it's ima- classic fucking sci-fi. Why ima- do you not ima- like? I thought you'd love it. Imagine, imagine Jurassic Park, except it's 400 hours long and there's no jokes. I mean, Jurassic Park is bad to begin with, and yeah. that had jokes. Okay, you know what? I, I need I to leave this company. To... I'm available for hire. Yeah, <laughs> shut up. I'm going to have to pass on the... It's hard to look past Clint, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, stuff also, like... also, depending on the font used to write it, it looks a bit like cunt. So. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, especially if you're Mark Miller and running your own uh, magazine or sale for children. Um, I think, is it Hang'em High? The one that my mind always runs to that's don't not know, unforgiven. Don't know about westerns. Back is to it... the Future Three was a good western. Fuck's sake! Oh god! It's the one where um, Clint Eastwood is is hanged and then comes no, back. No, it's the, the one where Doc Brown's back in the past. Shut the fuck up! <laughs> and then he he, uh, he comes uh, he comes back to town and like then there's some bandits or something and they paint the town red and write hell everywhere and like it's meant to be like a I suit, like, a bit like Pale Rider. In, a, in its in its themes, uh, so yeah, I'm going to go for that one. Right, I tell you what, there's a question last week about a famous films that you haven't seen, which yeah. I didn't answer because I couldn't really think of any. But oh yeah, because I've seen them all. No, Dances with Wolves. Which oh yeah, I mean I've seen Dances I with Wolves. Seen, that's I've the, not that's seen the big, it. the famous film I haven't seen. That's also oh, a western. Cracken film, that Cracken oh, yeah. film. So I'm going to watch that this week. How it holds up? It's well good. It's you well know what good. I mean? I don't think it holds up at yeah. all. I haven't seen it since the actual nineties. So Shit. the nineties were great though, weren't they? Yeah, all right. They were a load of shit. Uh, Chris Wickstead asks, Hot Shots or Hot Shots Part Deux? Now listen, I've got a story uh, about Hot Shots Part Deux. Mm-hmm. So, 
years ago. I bet it's shit. Years ago, I saw Hot Shots Parked there in the in the Kino because I watched it on the uh, forces like base base, and they were a bit lax on the old <laughs> who's allowed to do what and where and whatever. <laughs> um, but I think you know, give, I'm not sh- anyway. So I went in to watch it. Mm-hmm. And I, I vividly remembered this scene in the movie, and it was like a, a played for last sex scene in the back of a limo. So do you remember in Hot Shots Part Deux when Topper goes to whatever function it is? I think it's just after Tug Benson makes the joke to the Japanese premiere about strafing their homes that, um, and he meets the woman with the the mole, uh, the blonde woman CIA agent. Anyway, so after that they get in the limo. And there is this scene and the limo driver starts seeing what's going on. And then they put the, uh, what, what's it called? I don't know. Screen. The screen up, it's, you know. And then suddenly there's like a whole thing where he's like running along, the limo driver's running alongside the car, looking in the window, like, and all this. Really, really fucking uh, slapstick. No. So then it came out on DVD and I bought it. And that scene was nowhere to be found. And I was like, but wait a minute, this is the home video. Like, is there's not an uncut version of Hot Shots Part Deux, Director's surely. cut. And yeah, it turns out that in the early DVD things, it was just excised for reasons unknown. Oh, but, for, but for a good year, I was like, did I imagine that scene? Did I, did I make <laughs> that? I mean, I was fairly young. Yeah. Did I imagine it? Like, I imagined that time that all the walls of my house were on fire. That was bad. It was a long night. Um, so what about you then, lads? Is it Hot Shots or Hot Shots Part Deux? I think it was part deux for me, but I haven't, I haven't seen either of them for years. I mean, we should I, do a double bill of I, that. I can't remember either of them enough to... I mean, I'm I, certainly more aware of Hot Shots part deux growing up, but... I'd say I'd say the sequel, because the first one is you know pretty much just a straight Top Gun mm-hmm. rip. What, or, um, what know, films have got sequels that are better than the originals? Godfather Part 2, arguably. I'd say they're, they're complementary. Uh, yeah, I would agree, but... Hence why I did you see at Tribeca the other day when they had all the cast for, uh, so it was the 45th anniversary, I believe, of The Godfather, and they had a screening of The Godfather and The Godfather Part 2. <laughs> so, what about the third one? Francis is like, shh. Yeah. Which it. third one? Shut the fuck up. It's not a little bit like asking, like, what's your favourite era of Spin City, Michael J. Fox or Charlie Sheen? It's like, well, well Michael I, J. Fox, isn't it? Obviously. I think in terms, there are there are very few movies I feel where the sequel is even as good. But I will say that there are very few movies, in you probably count on one hand, where the third installment's better than both the previous ones, and that oh, is God. Born. The Born uh, Ultimatum is better than the previous two. I think by a long way. The ending's so fantastic, so well observed. Yeah, you know, it starts really with in Waterloo, and yeah, constantly gets blown away. Uh, and then you have uh, the great scenes towards the end in New York when he's talking to the guy. You may well be right. Yeah, it's really it's good. Definitely better than the second one. I love the first one. The second one has a really, a really odd. It, it suffers from being the middle one. I think. Uh, speaking of middle ones, The Empire Strikes Back is the best Star Wars movie. I yes. love Star Wars. I love. I want to sound like fucking Ash from Alien, but I love the purity of Star Wars. Like it is just a Saturday matinee serial, you know. It is, and it, but it's it's done so well. So I can understand why people might prefer that. The second one, though, Empire Strikes. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! So good. So textured. Directed by the guy who directed the other masterpiece, Robocop Two. Um, <laughs> So, Robocop 2 starring you. Yeah, hey, <laughs> Rufus Hound asks, isn't that you as a child? Well, uh, <laughs> listen, listen, listen. Uh, Craig Dullahan, 
asks, why have people seemingly forgotten that Lost is slash was fucking shite? Now, I... I am We forgotten. were at uni. Who's forgotten? Dave yeah. War. And, um... I remember that was a that became quite a big thing. They had that amazing advert over here in Britain, you know, where they're dancing on the. Uh, I'm not sure what that's what. Yeah, what a lord of where shit! Yeah, they're dancing in, in among the wreckage. Oh, what, the ad, the ad. Oh no, the yeah, advert the, was fantastic the, the for it though. It pulled you in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and then I, I just, I had not. And seen then you s- watch the actual pilot, and you're like, so when they're going to start dancing? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've not seen a single episode of it, but Have you one not? of the first few seasons are fantastic. One of my housemates got really hooked on it, really, really hooked on it, and then you know you'd be eating dinner or whatever in the pub and he's talking with some other housemates and other fucking dickheads going oh and there's a polar bear and there's this that and you're like oh so it's one of those things where the idea of it they had the idea blatantly and worked backwards now that may be true for a lot of creative endeavors that you you see your end point but they didn't see an end point all they saw was they're on an island they saw the check is what they saw because it could have been a really tight like four season thing but because it got so popular it's just like yeah. we'll have another one well the whole thing was about it, it, it was it was seeding mystery and but having no resolution planned and that that was that was the issue so that's why it is as you say Dave it is really front loaded in terms of yeah the first season's the best you find one. the hatch right so yeah. again I guess I think the second see, season's the best but, one but, but that, shut know, the that, fuck up Dave that's, you know that, <laughs> you want to introduce mystery yeah. <laughs> sorry mate yellow uh, you know that's you know when you see things that shouldn't be like that's the basis of a lot of like Monster of the Week stuff and X-Files mm-hmm. or you know we talk about episodes that span over series even that the great mystery of why is X in Y when it shouldn't be like why is there a hatch here? You know, it seems well, like that's people, fascinating. Why is there a polar bear? In, but then you then the resolution then it has the, to, yeah, is the kind of thing. And if it's just because it is, then congratulations, you've written a story when you stood at school. Basically, is the and then Spider Man turned up. Great. I mean, why? When you just did when you're eight. That's amazing. My favorite bit of Lost was in. Um, the first first and second season previously ons where they always use that bit where John Locke was like we're not the only people on this island and we all know it and like they use that and it became so synonymous with previously like uh, we were doing game wank at the time and what we loved it we did a lot of like sketches and stuff because we fancied ourselves as writing radio plays because we were a couple of fucking bell ends <laughs> and um, and we always used to start uh, every kind of sketch because it would usually be like a four-part sketch in an episode of game Mike that would t- tell a daft little story and it was usually like tailored to you know for we, we did a western when red dead redemption came out for example oh yeah but it was uh you tried to make them contemporary so we did a western but it was about um a a, 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 a 2000s glasgow cop finding himself back in time after getting battered so like it was, uh, so it was a parody of Life on Mars as well. But anyway, so um, but we always used to start them off with previously ons, fake ones, obviously, because that's a good joke, right? Mm. Doing a previously on when there haven't been any. Family Guy does that, yeah, right, and that's obviously funny because the Family the Guy did has it. Basically, previously on, yeah, exactly. didn't occur so, any yeah. of the... so you know, so we thought we were hilarious, and we weren't. But um, yeah, but we always had we always had you know a bit where one of us would say we're not the only people on this island, and we all that was that was the the most culturally significant bit as far as I'm concerned. Because I didn't know just that line. having not seen Lost uh-huh. that on the review that uh, you did <laughs> for Far Cry, the one that made you famous, that when the word cunt. <laughs> 
comes into focus. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, that, the, that's loss, the loss. Yeah. So I've never seen it. So I just actually thought yeah. that it was just a really just a bold out, move. Just <laughs> thought it was a really balls out way of opening a review. Do you know that was that was a really really clever joke on my part that because oh fuck, really because because <laughs> lost because, that was the last four letters. Because, listen, it? because 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 Far Cry Three is set on an island, and so was Lost. So there we go. That's just a well yeah. meta joke, as well as just being the word cunt. cunt. Oh my, oh my, good lads, lads. Okay. Um, Andrew Fox eighty one asks, "What is your favourite James Cameron film?" Terminator. Ooh, Titanic. All the T's. Uh, yeah, I think it's fair to say that uh, old Jimmy C, his latter work does not really stack up in my eyes. I don't think Titanic is anywhere near as bad. As it's made no, out people to be. love criticizing it, but it's I mean, not. Titanic is, as we said before, it's just another one of his nuke movies. But the nuke is money and class and an iceberg. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just the nuke is. It's, it, it's great symbolism for his sort of for the quality of his films, isn't it? It's like, well, that's it. Going, it's going under the water now. You'll never <laughs> see this again. Um, I, my, 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 my favorite Jim Cameron movie is. Uh... Oh, Jim, do you know? Him? Yeah. <laughs> is, he, is he coming over? Shut like, the yeah? fuck up. He's coming over. No, now? I've just watched a lot of Terminator extras. <laughs> my favorite. Oh, so you're allowed to call him Jim now? Are yeah, you? exactly. Because I've seen him called Jim Cameron by a cigar chomping Arnie Schwarzenegger that many times. Um, no, my favorite James Cameron movie is Terminator Two. Um, I. I, I mean, you I, said I, True Lies initially. Yeah, yeah but I was, taking, I was taking the piss. The True Lies yeah. is good, though, isn't it? True Lies is good. It's nobody's favourite Jim Cameron. True Lies film, is good. It? Yeah, but someone's going to say Avatar, aren't they? I wonder how they should be shot. Somebody will say Avatar, but fuck them. Um, I no. mean, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. It's, it's, it's Terminator or Terminator 2, though, isn't it? Surely, realistically. Um, My fave is The Terminator. Yeah. Because it's so just... I understand why that is, in, in many ways, the better film, but because Terminator 2 kind of came... Uh, when I was, uh, I think I was eight or nine. Oh, I loved it. I, you know, I fucking it, loved it when it I was, was a just, kid. It was such a moment, culturally, that film coming out yeah. as well. I remember... It like, still stands up as well. It really stands it does, up. Because you know why? It still no looks movement. incredible. It's fucking Can we wonderful. talk about this before? The reason T2's effect stands up. Probably about seven times. Because there's no camera movement in a lot of the effect shots. Mm -hmm. So basically, you don't have to worry about it. (laughs) Motion tracking, it looked fucking dreadful. (laughs) Yeah, and isn't there only, like, in terms of actual effect shots, like, well, CGI, there's probably only, what, 30 seconds in the whole film? It's not, like, there's not a lot of the morph. No, it's not CGI heavy. The morph and such. Yeah, Uh, because it was used sparingly. It was used... uh, Well, didn't you have to use it a lot? Because just, just seeing it... You know, like that, it was just such a thrill. I suppose mm-hmm. you're seeing something that, you know, if you'd seen The Abyss, mm-hmm. then maybe. But I think yeah. that all of James Cameron's movies have something interesting, at least to them. Like The Abyss was the like a bit of a wobble. I mean, he did Piranha 2 Flying Fish, mm-hmm. uh, but then he did The Terminator and Aliens, and that's a pretty fucking good start. Yeah. Um, and then he did The Abyss. And it kind of just didn't well like the original ending. I didn't really like the abyss, but there's some incredible imagery in it. That tunnel that. <laughs> yeah, and you know when um, uh, was it Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio like drowns and then comes back to life, and then it had it was always one of those movies that was on like Sky Movies Gold or whatever when I was a kid that you know or you know Sky Premiere that you'd see and you'd be more taken with it as a as an effects film. Than a, than a like a proper picture as it were, whereas the Terminator married both those really well. Terminator Two married it very well. Yeah, I just uh, I don't know. I found it. I just think that the thing is when I was when I was much younger, I always used to prefer Terminator Two. My granddad, who's like, no, I don't like it. 
I don't. I think he just he said, "Oh, I don't like the Mercury Man," <laughs> and I was like, "Classic granddad speak." But that's a good name. But yeah. But now I'm like, the actual. Re- I just prefer like the original Terminator is a fucking nightmare of a movie. It's horrible. Like that police station scene is so good because that is the place, especially the American police station. For goodness sake, mm-hmm. that is the place where you should feel the safest of all. And that's really where all the gloves come off in the movie because the Terminator is not a very good killing machine like his brute force is just shy why why couldn't he just have very quietly killed the man at the front desk and then walked in why did they have to drive a car through the front of the building alerting everyone and you know but because it looks fucking cool doesn't it because mm-hmm. then he can say i'll be back why does he say i'll be back that was just a throwaway line though exactly. wasn't it at the time yeah and so but from there on when the lights go out as well absolutely phenomenal great scene and that like the kind of like gut churning the dream you have where someone's chasing you and you can't get away from them, that's the movie version of that is the Terminator. It's fucking brilliant. What about you, Dave? What, T1 or T2? Or, or... T1? Well, yeah. The was Terminator it, was it or Terminator 2. You mean train spotting? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, no, the Terminator for, for James Cameron films. Yeah. Definitely. You're, you're Terminator, fucker. Well, payoff. See you later. Um, Gavlar asks, uh, well, actually, uh, states first that uh, they thoroughly enjoyed Capturing the Freemans and The 7-5. What are your favourite documentaries? So Dave and I sat down, because Jim wasn't there, because he being lazy, or, I don't know, working or something. Um, we sat down, and we were just looking through some, just Netflix for some upcoming stuff. And we started watching Queen of Versailles, and about... Uh, about the chap who has the or was building the largest residence in America. He's the timeshare king. Um, and then the financial crash happens and suddenly it goes from a documentary that's about riches to more riches to riches to slightly less riches. Uh, but it's really interesting to see midway through how the kind of hubris changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so so that's a good one if you've not seen it. Dave, thoughts? God. You like a good doco, oh, don't yeah, you? Oh, yeah, I love a good doco. There's a really so. good documentary about Resident Evil 7, actually, made by these guys at <laughs> Productions yeah. for Capcom. You should check that out. It's really good. Yeah, it's probably my favourite. Um, <laughs> no, um, The Fog of War, which we talked about before, is fantastic. Yeah. Um, Why we fight along the same vein. Um, what else? Man on Wire is when they announced it. I thought, well, why are you doing that? That's like a news story, not a documentary. And then it's at, like a heist movie. Uh, as as the guy tries to scale the uh, the twin towers and walk between them, and mm. it's absolutely and then they made the incredible. the movie ver- the the movie version yeah. of Joseph Gordon. Why the fuck would you watch that version when you could just watch the real version without Joseph Gordon Levitt with some real? Yeah, I've like- never seen the, the feature film version, but the documentary is incredible. Uh, Jodorowsky's Dune. I've still seen it. I love that he's fantastic. like 85 years old. He looks incredible for 85. He looks fucking amazing. And you he's just why? a fascinating man. And the artwork's fascinating and the story's fascinating. Uh, Anvil, the story of Anvil. <laughs> fucking brilliant. That metal band. Uh, the Imposter, which is... I don't want to talk anything about it because it's basically a story that if, it ex- if you wrote it as fiction, you'd be like, fuck off, mate. That is absolutely ridiculous. So... Um, definitely check that. I think it's on Netflix in a minute, but it okay. is just unbelievable that it's a real story. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with uh, with most of of the picks. Uh, yeah, I definitely think that um, you know a lot of uh, kind of Aaron Morris's work is absolutely phenomenal. 
and needs to be checked out. Um, I'm watching a lot of documentaries about murder, loving it. Oh, actually, that's what I've been doing this week. I've been watching Murdering. Real Detective, which is uh, interviews with um, detectives about kind of the one case that really fucked them. So having seen, you know, countless, you know, dead bodies and stuff, but the one case that really got in their head and, and it's brilliant. So it's interviews with the, the people, the detectives after the fact, and then reconstructions of that as a drama. And, I mean, I think pretty much every single one of them could be a feature film. Really? Really? Well, yes. Um, my... Uh... Well, favorite—I wouldn't call it my favorite documentary, but one of the best ones I've seen in the past few years—is a documentary that came out in 2015 called Dark Horse, and um, I never expected for a second to be interested in it. Interested in it? Um, It's uh, it's about horse racing. It's like the subject matter just doesn't. I mean, the sport of cans. I don't give a fuck about horse racing, right? But um, so we stuck it on last Christmas um, and watching it with my my very Welsh mother. <laughs> Do you mistake it for sea biscuit? <laughs> <laughs> so so she'd heard about it and she was like, "Oh, when I watch this, okay." Um, so it's a story of uh, Dream Alliance, the, um, the 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 horse racing syndicate um, in in a small Welsh mining village where they um, uh, they they got a little bit of money together and, uh, you know, bred a racehorse and uh, somehow managed to get it trained by one of the top trainers and basically entered this very kind of... Rocky with horses. Very kind of uh, working class uh, horse into, into you know, the, the, the proper fucking races that all the posh cunts do. So, um, and it wasn't like, um, it wasn't like, a story about them kind of sticking it to anyone or anything. It was just like, can them going? Can we do this? Is it is it even possible um, to do this with you know with so little resources and so like you know without the uh, without being able to hire? Uh, you, you, we don't we don't have stables. We don't have um, you know we don't have loads of people looking after this thing round the clock. And it was owned by loads of people in the village. It's a co-op horse. Yeah, a co-op horse. Yeah, essentially. Um, so, um, but also, uh, you know, it's, it's a really great story about um, you know, the, 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 and it, it turned out that. Uh, the horse actually had... It was racist. <laughs> we regret to inform you that the horse is racist. <laughs> no, it turns out that you know, the, the horse did really well, but then you know the, it, it would have like a real kind of hit and miss thing where some, some races it would just win and win really well and other ones it would just like duck out and... And and it's a story about finding out what you know what what the issue was. And this stuff. horse is amazing. Is it going to be on Parky? It was. It was. Uh, it was a. It was a, it's a wonderful little story, but crucially, it took place in Wales. So all the all the people who are interviewed in the documentary sound really funny. <laughs> so. <laughs> so if you're not you're not interested in the subject matter, you can just laugh. Yeah, at... I mean, principally, it's it's a, a woman, a barmaid, and uh, and her husband that are sort of most mostly featured. And mm. our, our husband's fucking. They're all great characters, but our husband's a fucking brilliant character. He's just like really old Welsh guy without any teeth. Oh, <laughs> have either of you seen Varunga? Yeah. No, 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 I haven't seen that. Sounds like an X Files episode. No, it's because uh, so, the guy who's a lot of his footage is in it. It's just won basically what they call the um, Green Nobel Prize uh-huh. for, um, well, stopping people poaching and 
being oh, dickheads. For, be, for being a good lad. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, if we're going to do documentaries, here's what, here are two at the opposite end of the spectrum. Beyond the Mat. Uh, yeah, very and resting good. With, resting with Shadows as well. Um, and obviously, The World at War. Now, I know I've gone about The yeah. World at War a lot, but I'm serious. Yeah. The World at War is the most important film ever made. Yeah, It absolutely. is by, yeah. by a mile the most important. Looking forward to the sequel. Yeah, well, we're going to be in the sequel, mate. Yeah, we're going to be making the fucking sequel. <laughs> Special Gun Presents. Special Gun Presents. Lawrence Olivier, I'll tell you what, back I mean, there. one of the greatest documentaries ever made is the making of Resident Evil 7, which you can watch on... Uh... Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty, I mean, he's only just slightly outclassed by the World at War. Yeah. But yeah. I think the thing about... But just as powerful, I feel. Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of very similar things. Particularly the editing. Yeah, uh... yeah. And a lot of the uh, subtitle work, which was done <laughs> to the same specification. Um, but yeah, the World at War is... Is amazing. Have and you seen Night and Fog, the Holocaust one? I think we might have watched it as a fucking documentary. Is that yeah, we watched it as a yeah. It's the short, the the short film. Uh, no, I'm not. The most harrowing thing you'll ever watch. So yeah, so who was it saying that they would they'd watch Night Will Fall? They they've been shown it. And... Oh no, I've not I've not seen Night Will Fall. No. Oh, is that and they were have like seen, never again. <laughs> uh, the, the BFI recently launched a tool where um you can put in it's got a map of Britain and you can put in your postcode and it will tell you any films that have scenes shot in them uh in or near that postcode oh, yeah? in their library. Oh, so really? you, you can find archive footage like that was shot where you are, for example. Um I put in my postcode like around here. I live just down the road from Dave. And uh and it came up with um a film about and it was like back in the fifties or something about a film about the you know, the the mosque opening that's sort of oh, yeah, between yeah. my house and yours. Um so it's really interesting to kind of see the place, what it looked like back then and stuff. But um there was a great kind of documentary I found because I put in like I put in like every postcode I've ever lived in, mm-hmm. um, and one of them came up with uh, a, a film made and I think it was in the forties in Edinburgh and it was just about like it was a semi-fictionalized uh, film about just people who fucking lived in Edinburgh and did stuff. Oh, like, no, like, that like, sounds... You know, drove, your favourite city. Wearing red trousers Drove and trains that. and that. It was really interesting. It was like oh, a, shut like a up. 20 minutes. Sort of and what's that? That's the BFI website. It's the BFI website, yeah. It was a BFI thing. I'm not sure what the, what the URL because is. Because people but, yeah. in the good town of St. Nears always used to claim that... Mm-hmm. Uh, so by St. Nears, there is a... Uh, just literally outside the border of it is a uh, power station. Yeah, and uh, it's different to the one that was there before. And people always used to claim that some of Batman was shot. Some of the interiors for Axis Chemicals was shot inside there. Mm-hmm. I know, it's, and then then that morphed into, and then apparently well, Jack Nicholson unlikely. went to this pub. And were like, did Jack Nicholson go to the Cambridge Hunter? Did he? Well, now I can find out. That was it would have been shot north north of London. Those studios there, the air hangers, so yeah. maybe shit. There you go. I'm gonna find out now. It's, I mean, that that sounds like when people in Hartlepool claim that Ridley Scott shot fucking Blade Runner in. Uh... It does look like Blade Runner, though. Doesn't I it? mean, it's yeah. like he was inspired by the industrial wastes of Hartlepool. Is it SCI? Because it looks because it looks like a shithole. But mm. you know, it's like you didn't actually. I love shoot that it stuff there. like that and like Port Talbot, um, Runcorn, that like pure Runcorn was a Bailey. Basically, <laughs> but. Remember when we drove past Port Talbot and we were just like, fuck me, it's Blade Runner. Um, Do you remember when we made um, the best Resident Evil movie that's ever made, live action 
uh, interpretation of Resident Evil 7's themes and uh, and rooms and scenes, and we shot it literally in Wales. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is better than the film, but it's not, the bar's not that high, to be honest. But... You know, a story about uh, a rural hellhole where the locals had gone mad and started eating each other. Like, oh, we better go to Wales then, lads. <laughs> I mean, we were literally next door, as in attached, or yeah. but to a fucking um, funeral home. Yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> funeral home that was also abandoned <laughs> yeah i yeah. mean there you go Shit. well speaking Shit. of uh, Pissland's foot, isn't it? speaking of getting the fuck out of places yeah. we are going to make a move because you gentlemen uh-huh. not me you gentlemen are off to a screening tonight aren't you yeah Good old guardians of the galaxy yeah you're going to do there, that and there, some is, special there is place. one there's one question we haven't done though oh is it the aztec camera one Using the Aztec camera. Is it the Seinfeld yeah. one? What I wanted to do was talk uh, at length about that time Aztec camera. Done a song with Mick Jones out the Clash. Okay, um, uh, let's not do that. Actually, though. That'll be a actually... podcast extra if you press the red button. Exactly. <laughs> um, right. What is it? What is it? Right. Who was the best Batman? Quick fire. Kevin Conroy. Shut the fuck up. Michael Keaton is the best Batman because he's exactly what Batman would be like. He's Will fucking... Arnett. Oh, no, <laughs> I do like him though. I do like him. He is him. good. He is good. To be fair, um, what the fuck is an Aztec camera? There's a lot of Aztec camera shit. <laughs> right. Okay. So David asks, "Is Burns really like that?" Oh right. Yeah. Or is he playing an exaggeration of himself, like the cast of This Is the End? Oh yeah. We alluded to this earlier. Then I forgot yeah. about it. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. Yeah. Why don't you answer it? Why don't and I answer? I'll, why don't Should you answer? answer? And then I'll provide okay, my right, testimony okay, on right. the matter. And then Dave okay, can, because well, Dave's known well, me for... Dave's known you longer than anyone. For nearly 15 years yeah. now. He's a prick. <laughs> there you go. So um, I, I agree. <laughs> motion passed. So whether, whether or not Burns is like Burns the man is like Burns a persona... Uh, for the most part, yes, but that's only because you don't let the persona slip very easily. <laughs> exactly. Well, so, I yeah, I tell you what, that is a shocking indictment. Firstly, you're, but I actually often tell people you're actually uh, when when you actually know you, you're a very nice man. But, yeah. But I don't like to tell too many people that because it, it kind of dilutes the brand yeah. a little. It's bit, just like know? wrestling, isn't it? Like yeah. you know, you gotta you yeah. gotta play up the strengths. And like, Burns is sat here in spandex at the minute. Yeah, exactly. With an eye patch. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, that has happened a few times. But then I suppose when, you know, if, if people only knew you from certain things that you, you'd done before. I mean, look, I, sometimes I can be a right tosser. Like, yeah. that's, that's pretty simple, isn't it? <coughs> you know, but sometimes I do like to, you know, be thoughtful and, and from, kind. And from talking to Dave, who, who obviously knew you when you were actually young, um... I get the impression that sort of uh, the character... Well, the were you suggesting, though, that we aren't young? No, the, the, <laughs> the, the dickhead Burns uh, persona is largely a sort of semi-fictionalised version of what you were actually like when you first met Dave. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I mean... I think when I... Yeah. Royal Holloway was a long time ago now, but, you know, it was... You have to remember that we were living in fucking a cell block, basically. And, um, you know, we were living next door to people with names like Ashley mm-hmm. and, um, <laughs> and, uh, and Hugo, right? And there was Hugo, a Hugo and Lawrence and, uh, fuck me. Yeah. No, it's fine. I'm a very nice man. Usually apart from, you know, all the terrible, terrible trouble I find myself into, but yeah, yeah. but basically I don't give a fuck. So fuck you all. 
We've also got one here with someone that can't find it. Uh, Jim Trinker discuss. So well, everything you said oh. about me. Yeah, just just replace the word. <laughs> let me let me tell you. But before we go, let me tell you about Jim Trinker. Is that obviously there's a lot to be done today. There are screenings. There are various documents. There are vitally important <laughs> documents that need to be signed. Um, there are podcasts to do. There are strategy discussions to have. There's towns to be getting into to go to the screenings. I don't know where this is going. And um, so, as you may know, I live in suburban. Croydon, right on the edge of Kent. Deliveroo don't deliver there. McDonald's are now doing a delivery service. I'm terrified that they won't deliver <laughs> there either. So I have to get a bus I'm and terrified for your health that they will. Yeah. So to get here, to where we're recording this, I have to get on a bus, then a tram, then an underground train, and then do a little bit of a walk. So it takes about an hour. If the traffic's bad, it can take up to an hour <coughs> and a half. Jim Trinker lives seven minutes walk away. <laughs> He's literally... Place right, your bets now. It's two rights and a left. And he's still an hour later than me. <laughs> okay, so there you go. That's I had stuff to do. <laughs> you had, you got to sign the forms. <laughs> Mate, Zelda's not going to play itself. <laughs> but anyway, listen, on that note, Dave's actually a really nice guy. Nothing bad to say about him, apart from all those things I say about him. Yeah, which he's, the, he's the only genuine voice on this podcast. Exactly. <laughs> and he's from the North, mate, which yeah. is fucking, yeah. you know, it's a problem. the best ones are, aren't they? Yeah. Salt of the earth. Fucking salted the earth. Anyway, listen, we have to go because things need to be done. But thank you for listening. Get us on Jim Burns Dave on everything. Mm-hmm. And then let's hang out and play Nintendo. Yeah. Because it's good also, now. Also, drop a review. Drop a five star review. Put a five star on it or I'll fucking bat you. Yeah. If it's not a five star review, we'll be well fucking annoyed. Exactly. Yeah. Jim will come after you. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.